Hello and welcome to another episode of Chino and the Hills. I'm your host, Thomas Ryan, and today I am joined with uh, someone you may have seen on Chino Hills Connections, Chino Connects, um, a very interesting uh, character, to say the least, I'd say on there, and um, his name is Jerry Fan. We have him today. Uh, thanks, Jerry, for, for joining me. How's it going? Good, thanks. Well, let's start off by getting to know you a little bit. Tell us uh, kind of a little bit about yourself, where you're from, um, how you grew up, um, you know, kind of your origin story and bringing us up to today. Sure. Uh, my name is Jerry Fan. Um, I was born in, you know, Vietnam and just like a lot of the refugee stories, you know, we came over to the United States. Um, I came over when I was three, so I don't really have memories of Vietnam, but um, I grew up pretty much here in the United States. Um, Where in the United know, States? Uh, at first, um, all the a lot of the Vietnamese refugees went over to Nebraska. Okay. And then, um, and then we just started making our way west. Uh, my family did uh, Nebraska to Texas and then to California. Um, but yeah, my parents were. Uh, my mother was um, in medical back in Vietnam, and my father was a teacher. Okay. And then, um, uh, you know, when they came over, we all had to start over. And st uh, my, my mother became a housekeeper, and my father became a dishwasher. And then um, they went back to school and became engineers. So, and then, um, let me see, uh, grew up uh, pretty much all around California, uh, mostly Orange County. And, okay. uh, yeah, so I guess a part of the charity thing was during the summers, um, uh, my, my mother, you know, they're into Catholic charities. So during the summers, I would have to go overseas with my my parents to live in some third world country, building huts and all that cool stuff, doing a lot of humanitarian work. And wow. Stuff. Yeah. Very Playing cool. with and <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, any brothers or sisters growing up? Yeah, I have uh, one brother and one sister. Um, uh, my sister is in Washington, D.C., and my brother is here in Orange County. Okay. So that took you Orange County through high school, and then what, what happened after high school with you? Um, after high school, I uh, just pretty much um, went to college, uh, you know, things like that. I toyed around for a couple of years, and then... Um, yeah, I got a scholarship into college and uh, athletics. And what sport? Volleyball. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I was very fortunate that um, at my height, at five seven, I kind of focused on playing defense, and then uh, it's it was just um, the timing was just perfect. A new position had came out for the very first year called the libero. Yeah, I was going to say, it must have been a libero. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a, yeah. So I was a defensive specialist. And, yeah. then, um, and then that, once that, um, that position came out and hit college, um, it, it, it opened the doors for smaller players to get scholarships, even though very limited. Sure. But you have to be, you know, um, better than everybody else at playing defense. <laughs> yeah, you got to be lower to the ground so you can, you can get, the, get them right, right off of the floor. Um, where, where'd you go to school? I went to Loyola Marymount, and then afterwards, um, after that 9-11 hit, and then uh, 
you know, I finished Loyola and then I want, I wanted to do something to serve our country more. So I went to uh, Embry-Riddle. Okay. And, um, I went to their national security and also an aerospace engineering program. Okay. And then what was next from there? Uh, I, I went to play volleyball overseas. Oh, wow. Where? Yeah, I went to play in Australia, uh, France, uh, Italy, and then I came back. Most of the time I played in Australia. Okay. Um, returned there um, two seasons. So. Very nice. Now, obviously, you're sitting there in a hangar right now, and we, we yeah. all know you as, as a pilot and stuff like that. So when did that enter into your life? And what was kind of the um, inspiration with it? Uh, it was at Embry-Riddle. Uh, well, I always wanted to fly. My uncle was a pilot. And then okay. um, I was just always interested in aviation. And, um, you know, I listened the, the one of life's lessons is um, that I learned was um, just uh, don't let uh, people stop you from chasing your dreams just because they stopped chasing theirs. So um, I listened to people who said that I was too short to fly. And I believed it. And mm. then uh, once I really looked into it, I found out that the rules in aviation is you can't be too tall because the cockpit is very small. That's what I always heard. Yeah. Yeah. Even though the seat adjusts, there's a high limit and a, there's a minimum and a, and a, and a maximum. And um, I'm just right at the perfect threshold, which they want. Okay. So Which you just, yeah. So you just kind of started taking lessons and then started flying, or? Yeah, I, I started taking lessons and I volunteered with the Coast Guard Auxiliary, all that stuff. And um, but I, I, I went to to to, to Riddle, do some flying as well. And um, yeah, I got my ratings there. Uh, it was pretty tough, a lot tougher than um, your regular flight schools. Sure. So, and then uh, you know. Just like everybody else, I wanted. I thought about quitting because it was, it over there. It's very intense, and um, you know. But I saw that uh, there were basically. I had a friend who was. Uh, she had cancer. Okay. And uh, I had it. I had it too when I was younger, and also later on, I found out too. But um, for her, she had cancer. We were close friends. She was another pilot, and she was also an Embry Riddle student and okay. she was before me and okay. she finished before me as well anyways um yeah i went with her to treatment and stuff and saw how tough it was and um she passed away my senior year at uh, my final year at embry riddle mm -hmm. and uh but during that whole time um i saw how tough the travel was for her and her friends and people who she talked to in her support group and all that stuff so the motivation came from, uh, I mean, the motivation changed from aviation to look for um, adventure to get chicks and all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's, it started going to, you know, maybe I can fly and still help people. And then I went back to that humanitarian mindset that's kind of ingrained to me when I was younger as well. Um, yeah. And then once she passed away, I didn't want to, her memory to go to nothing. So um, I thought to keep it alive by, one of the things to keep it alive by um, helping those who 
needed it. So I began flying um, uh, cancer patients in um, Arizona from Prescott, uh, Arizona to Mayo Clinic. And then we, my, my roommate and I, you know, <laughs> we're two broke students living off ramen. Yeah. Um, and my sister was a political figure going to Africa back and forth. Um, she was in international law and all that stuff. And um, she helped uh, countries. There were countries in Africa that actually donated for me to um, pay for fuel and renting an aircraft because they heard about what I started doing. So um, that helped take care of a lot of flights. And, yeah. And those were, those were patients here in the United States just going to maybe better hospitals in a different state in which they lived? Yeah, or or Phoenix because um, or different areas of Arizona. Okay, Prescott is like uh, just this mountain town. Sure, and it's a, it's 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 roughly an hour and a half to Phoenix, and then hour and a half or something to Flagstaff, which are where the uh, the two main hospitals are: Mayo Clinic, and in uh, is in uh, Scottsdale and Arizona. They have two campuses, so. Um, it's that drive alone uh, can oftentimes be um, up to four hours. So it's, on your GPS, it'll say like an hour and a half, but it right. really, it's, it's a, I mean, if you have traffic and then um, it's the windy mountain roads that a lot of them couldn't take. Right. Um, when, they, when they did drive, they would drive for about 20 minutes, stop and take a break and then continue on. Right, which made the, the journey much longer, I imagine. Yeah, and then they would stop on the side of the road and they would vomit and things like that because yeah. uh, they, they couldn't handle the turns. And so, um, yeah, so then I just started flying one and then um, it, it just kind of spread like wildfire kind of. And, uh, yeah. Got it. Okay. Um, so uh, what do you, do you, you were flying other people's planes, I assume, at that point in time? Yeah, uh, some people let me borrow, or they would come with me. Okay. With the time, yeah. And and now, do you do you own your own plane? Do you rent? What what are you flying these days? Yeah, these days I'm flying my uh, my Diamond Katana. Um, there's roughly I think twelve to twenty left in the United States. Oh wow! So I was very fortunate to get this one from some farmer. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, my my first aircraft that I bought uh, when I finished school, all that stuff, I got my job, uh, got my career started, and um, uh, I saved up enough, and I bought a Piper 140 airplane, and I bought it off eBay. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, all my friends thought I was nuts. Did it, come in, did it come in pieces, and you had to put it together? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, uh, yeah, I checked this feedback and all that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, it, was, it turned out to be an Apple Valley. Okay. Um, and, and the plane was like gorgeous. It, the, the, the guy took care of it really well. Um, I told my friends that were pilots and had their plane, uh, hey guys, I found something. Can you go help me? Can we fly up there and take a look at it? Um, it's in Apple Valley. And uh, another thing, it's on eBay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they thought, I was, um, they thought I was a little bit insane. But we went up there anyways, and it turned out to be a really beautiful airplane. Uh, the, the story with that is it was owned by a politician and I guess some of the people didn't agree with it. I, I don't know. He was a really nice guy. I, I got along fine with him. And, um, 
anyways, but how I knew that was when he opened up his hangar doors, he had this giant uh, vote for him. Sign. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, he was selling it. Uh, um, he, he really babied that thing. It was a 1976 uh, Piper 140. And in aviation, uh, 1976 is relatively new. <laughs> uh, okay, gotcha. And um, yeah, the paint job was, I think it was six months old. And it was like about a $10,000 paint job. Uh, and it just, it was just gorgeous. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I, it took a, um, took a lot of thinking to, to make that first leap because, you know, this is an airplane I'm buying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Airplane. Yeah. Where's it going to be stored? It's not like you can just, you know, throw it on the side of your house or something like that. So. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so I, I chose uh, Fullerton just because uh, just my friends were here and uh, I flew it down to, to Fullerton. Um, uh, yeah. And we kept it here for a while and it was great. And that, that leads me to kind of my next question. Um, obviously, you've, you've been in and out of the, the, the Chino Airport. Uh, so what, that's the connection that we have to, for you to the, the Chino, Chino Hills area. Uh, tell us about kind of how long you've, I assume you've had your plane there and, yeah. and that, that, yeah. that connection that, that has driven you to the Chino, Chino Hills area. Yeah, I, I um, got rid of the Piper. Uh, long story with that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, Anyways, uh, I was looking for another aircraft, um, uh, and this one was also on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> of course, <laughs> but but uh, he had taken it off, and years later, when I ended up looking for an airplane again, um, I saved this contact, uh, called him up. He was a, a retired, um, uh, what is it, America West at the time. Okay. An employee. So he gets free flights. Uh, he retired, bought a farm, and then he was just going back and forth uh, growing his crops or something. Uh, but he kept this plane in Tucson, and it was just, you know, um, it, it was sitting in the sun for a while. And um, uh, But, yeah, I, I went down there, and I, I had to have it because uh, – the, the Katana was actually the first cool airplane that I flew uh, after flight school from Embry-Riddle. Okay. I just fell in love with it, but they were just so hard to find. They're so rare in the United States. So Interesting. Uh, is it, uh, what, like, what's the person capacity in it? Tell us a little bit about the, some of the specs and obviously kind of dumbed down normal person terms, but. Uh, yeah. yeah. So the specs are basically, um, it's not very powerful, uh, so but it's extremely fuel efficient. Mm. So what that means is that my Piper 140 can seat four, and it fits. I'm sorry, and it's uh, made out of metal. Um, it's also heavy, uh, so the engine is twice the twice the power of this one almost. Mm. Um, it was 150 uh, horsepower, but it also carried. It, it carried more weight, but it was also a lot heavier. Sure. Um, with this one, it's made out of composite. And um, it's actually in the history channel was that um, how it's made. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they show the katana 
it was one of the first trainers of using composite materials to to bake an aircraft in an oven. Yeah, uh, like Donald Duck. <laughs> one episode. Um, uh, yeah, so the some people call it the fantastic plastic. <laughs> so um, so the difference between this one and my regular and a regular aircraft is this one it has smooth round edges for the aerodynamic flow to flow around and it's very it's considered very clean okay so um uh so it slips through the air very smoothly and it does that and it doesn't need that much horsepower so at the time uh rotax the uh snowmobile company or whatever the motorcycle they started uh experimenting and developing engines for aircrafts and this is one of the um, first certified aircrafts that they put it in. They put it in ultralights and things like that. Okay. Uh, for those things, you don't need a license. But for a regular manufactured certified aircraft, um, you know, they had to do a lot of testing. And they came out with this engine. It was 80 horsepower. And the reason why um, most of them are gone from the United States, because at one point, uh, well, still, uh, Europe's fuel prices were astronomical. It was just, you know, through the roof. Yeah. No one was flying. So they had Cessnas and Pipers and none of them could fly because um, in regular aircrafts you use um, 100 low lead fuel and it has lead in it. Whereas the Rotax engine is able to run on any fuel. Okay. That I can, meaning that I actually just run to Costco and I can get, uh, I don't even need premium. I can just get regular car gas. Wow. And put it in. And How it, many gallons for a full time? Uh, this one holds 20 gallons. Oh, yeah. It's not like something, but um, I just round it off to 20. But yeah. um, uh, so it's super fuel efficient that it can run on any gas. Yeah. Uh, but it burns half the fuel as a Cessna, but it flies faster than a Cessna 172. Hmm. The regular, the most common um, trainers in America. Oh, you know, this it was originally built to compete against Cessna. Got it. Got and, it. Okay. Yeah, so, they simplified the controls, all that yeah. stuff. Got it. Okay. Well, um, so tell us about you know obviously I've seen you on uh, on Facebook and some of the social media channels and stuff like that and some of the some of the cool kind of things you're doing in our local community and and obviously because you're a pilot you can stretch that to a, a further community. Um, I see recently yeah. you've been delivering like masks or medical equipment to I believe Arizona or New Mexico. Is that right? Tell me about that one. Yeah, Arizona. So. Okay. Um, a long time ago, like uh, I was treated at Mayo Clinic, and, you know, they were really great to me um, and to other patients as well. So um, I kind of heard through the grapevine, the inner circle, the cancer inner circle. Yeah, sure. Um, they were in need of, there were many hospitals, cancer centers, and I just wanted to, um, there are many places, but I, I kind of just wanted to dwindle it down and focus on a few. That way I can get the job done and done right. So, um, so Phoenix Children's Hospital, their cancer care, and also Mayo Clinic, they were in need of masks and PPEs. And so um, I called them and let them know that how many, you know, I asked them how many do you need? Um, and they let me know. Uh, you know, I asked around and I said, oh man, I'll just use social media. You know, I'll just ask, maybe I'll get a few hundred or something, a couple hundred at the most. 
and then um, then it turns out that um, uh, Peggy from the quilting <laughs> quilting group, um, her group got together and made hundreds and hundreds, um, and we actually reached the number that they actually needed. And, and there were also um, um, several other people, Mario and um, other people donated uh, masks that um, contributed to the numbers and that I delivered there. Yeah. Very neat, very neat. Thanks for doing that. Yeah. Um, also seem that you have done submissions with Pilots and Paws. Tell us a little yeah. bit about that and how you <laughs> how you got involved there and what, what exactly that entails. Yeah, well, I guess I applied for several organizations. Pilots and Paws is um, an organization where um, if there's a dog or a cat, or it's, uh, I think uh, my friend flew a chinchilla. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's basically um, adopting pets and uh, the people who want to adopt are far away, or sometimes there are natural disasters where there are lost pets and the owners just can't be found. And um, Pilots and Paws would also help transport them. They, they, it's just an organization that puts out this bulletin and it has a map um, and then you can see which route you want to pick and you know all that stuff. Um, in my case, uh, my friend and I, uh, we chose to fly um, these dogs from uh, Hurricane Harvey. Oh, okay. They, yeah, so I had another friend, um, he works for the airlines. He flew, his company flew to Texas to pick up a bunch of the lost pets and they, they loaded up this aircraft with hundreds and hundreds. I don't, I, I don't know how many. Um, like a commercial aircraft? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. They, gotcha. they loaded it up with these. They emptied it out. They took out the seats. And they loaded up with these, um, what, what are those carrier yeah. things for the dogs? Yeah. yeah. And they loaded up with dogs. And, and uh, they flew it back. And he says that the, the plane smelled good when they started. And then the end, <laughs> it stunk. But yeah, I imagine. It, but it's okay. But, um, and, uh, you know, um, they brought back all these dogs uh, it, it, to, uh, to Phoenix. And then to, from Phoenix, they spread out. And, um, yeah, and then uh, some of them went to California. And then from California, um, a friend of mine, he goes, yeah, let's do this. And I said, okay. Um, because we both have dogs. Yeah, and uh, we 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 started flying these beagles. There's these two beagles, you know, they were like I think they were sisters or something. They were, were they were they good passengers? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was surprised. I I because um, I flown my dog, but that's you know I know my dog, but um, but yeah, we you know um, so my friend had the had the we used my friend's plane. Um, on some of the uh, the um, organizations were kind of near where I worked at the time so then I would go pick them up by car and then I would take these little puppies back and then um, you know overnight and then the next morning we'd load them up and then fly them and then uh, we'd let the family know the family would meet us at the airport and then you know we give them a puppy and then <laughs> Very and picture, picture time and then <laughs> Um, you know, the pictures are kind of our own memories. Yeah. So. Very cool. Now you don't just fly pets around. You've been known to, to do some of these impromptu, um, flights with, with people from the community, uh, as of, well, 
probably prior to coronavirus and whatnot, but um, you know, you would just post something and ask someone if they want to go on a flight to somewhere relatively close. So um, tell us a little bit about that and kind of some of the places you've gone and maybe a favorite uh, trip you've done with, with someone from the community. Yeah. Yeah. So um, like I know when I was like, you, you know, flying has just always been my passion, even when I was a little kid. So um, I know what it was, how it feels to be with that kid at the fence and, mm. uh, you know, and so um, since I'm, you know, my friends and I were real passionate towards aviation and we just love sharing it sure. with others, just seeing like their faces and, and giving them the controls, you know, and go, ah, you know, <laughs> dive and seeing what they do, yeah. um, uh, you know, uh, I think couple others I, I did a loop or a roll a barrel roll <laughs> kind of scared them out but it's yeah. uh but yeah so sometimes I enjoy um doing things like uh taking an adventure out to Arizona or or New Mexico or Northern California Oregon or something like that and uh a lot of times you know there's an empty seat if I'm not going with my friends or girlfriend or whatever and uh so I just figured why not just share my passion and just give that empty seat to somebody. And cool. um, yeah, uh, there are other things we do. Like I had, um, uh, I had some members of the group uh, come over and they washed my plane and then um, I would give them rides. And then I would, it wasn't like um, I just gave them a ride. I was teaching them about aviation. So we sure. spent time talking about the engine um the what makes a plane fly the control surfaces and teach them how everything works and it wasn't to just watch the plane it was yeah to do something to teach them responsibility but to inspire them more and more in aviation so yeah that's pretty cool um yeah. where, where's the where's your where, go ahead oh and i think you were gonna say where's that the trip yeah, I mean where 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 have you gone and well my next question was going to be kind of where was your has been your either your favorite place to fly to just in general or you know your favorite flight ever or something like that. Um Well, with the Chino group, I like yeah. flying to uh you know, I like flying with somebody to um there's a place called Alpha 20 Sun Valley, Arizona. And we land there and um uh, it's just a small community airport and then you can, there's some car key. Oh man. Okay. Well, I'll give out <laughs> keys are hidden. The car keys are hidden on top of the fridge. <laughs> so, so it's a small town. Usually when pilots land in a small town or something, there's always a car okay. that they let you borrow. Oh wow. But in this case, um, uh, the keys are on top of the fridge. You just, <laughs> yeah, you put a post-it note if you can. Yeah. You uh, write back. Yeah. Um, $10 for gas. Yeah, <laughs> you just put the gas that you use. Yeah. Um, uh, I like flying out there because we go into a small town nearby called Oakland, and it's full of these burrows, okay. like uh, wild burrows. Yeah, I've so seen this. Yeah, so then, um, you know, they'll come up to your car and stick their head in. You can feed them, and uh, it's just a really neat, fun experience. Uh, yeah, and then you get the sunset of uh, – the natural landscapes of Arizona, you know, and, yeah. and yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, there's a, there's a burrow there that his name, uh, his name is Pickles. And then um, you can do high fives. So you just say high five and stick yeah. your foot out and then he'll, 
like tap his hoof on yours, like yes. on command. It's <laughs> <That's> pretty neat. <laughs> yeah, and, you know other things like Catalina and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But what, what's your what's your favorite place you've ever flown, or favorite flight you've ever done, or or something like that? Um. I don't know. I, I flew to. I've flown to uh, Canada, and I've flown all the way to the East Coast. Um, those were fun flights. So yeah. the the flying to the East uh, was um, when I got my plane. I, I let my boss know uh, I was taking some time off because I, I wanted to see how far I can go. Yeah, and he was just like, "Jerry, that's that's a new plane, you know." <laughs> and I go, "Dad, don't worry about it." So, um, uh, yeah. So. Anyways, uh, yeah, I just kept calling him and saying, yeah, I'll just take another few days, you know, and I just kept going. Let's see, what was it cool? Louisiana was a cool one. Because oh, okay. they had a, um, a, uh, I'm a bit of a foodie guy, so they had a jambalaya competition. Oh, good timing. Yeah, and I flew <laughs> in there. Uh, I, I saw it on Food TV, too. Okay. So um, I flew in there just about the time when they had the, the jambalaya competition. And they were really cool and found out that I, I flew in there just to check it out. But I was also roaming around for, for fun, just flying across the country. And uh, they made me a judge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then um, after the competition, when everything was over, they all boxed uh, uh, up um, uh, a bunch of jambalayas left in these boxes for me. Yeah. Uh, but it, it wasn't just one or two. It was like almost every participant and, yeah. and it really weighed down my aircraft <laughs> <laughs> and then some of them went to the airport uh to see me off and then they helped me load it on and i loaded this thing and it was my plane was super heavy and i'm running down that runway calculating well i calculated the weight in my head if the faa is listening yeah <laughs> but yeah i was like saying to myself please take off please take off yeah but it was a long enough runway and i had a pretty slow climb um, and I took off and I landed at a nearby airport and uh, I just found some people, you guys want some jambalaya? Yeah. <laughs> and I took them out because uh, as much as I wanted to take them, oh man, well, I didn't tell any of them, any of the people who made the jambalaya, but um, it just really weighed down my aircraft. But yeah. so I get to some locals at a nearby airport and uh, I said, yeah, and they, but they understood that it weighed down my aircraft. Right. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, they, they helped you out by eating the jambalaya for you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then uh, the more they ate, the more fuel I can take on into my aircraft. There you go. So, um, yeah, so that was a cool one. Yeah, pr- pretty neat. Now, I also noticed on your Facebook profile that you are a comedy writer for the Groundlings Theater. What is the yeah. Groundlings Theater, and uh, what, what what is that exactly? Oh, it's in L.A. Um, so a lot of people come out of Groundlings. It's it's uh, like uh, Will Ferrell and things like that. Um, like an improv type theater? Or? Yeah. Okay. yeah. So then um, I was writing under um, uh, my mentor, <laughs> um, Guy Stevenson. He's really cool. Um, uh, he's one of the writers for uh, he's one of the writers for Mad TV okay. and Reno Nine One One. And uh, I specifically wanted him because. Um, the shows that he wrote for were my my favorite shows. Yeah, which is you know Reno 911 and Matt TV. So. Yeah, good stuff. Very cool. Yeah. Um, 
Now, circling back to our community here, what, what's your favorite part of the, the Chino Chino Hills community? Um, it's mostly the people, the quality of people that are in, is in the group and the quality of people outside, like in real life. So I found that, uh, you know, traveling across the United States, nothing really beats the hospitality of a, of a small hometown or a small town. It's, they're just, they're just great people. It's, you know, you get to really get to see what America is. And, um, and Chino just has that. The Chino Hills has that, you know, it, it, the, the group just has that. When somebody needs something, everybody comes in, you know, there's not really a bunch of trollers or just, you know, just posting. Um, there's nothing really demeaning. Yeah. Everybody, everybody in that group uh, is really good at helping each other out. And it has that, um, that hometown feel in a social media group. So, yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. It's been a it's common. Hard to explain. It has that feel. Yeah, it, that's been a common theme. I've asked that question to a number of people, and it, it, people have have a kind of come up with that. The the people most definitely have been the the most positive impact in, in the community, and the, you know, ultimately that's what what makes it up. So, um, yeah. is there anything that I should have asked you about? Any special projects? Anything you have coming up? Um, any other cool? adventures you have coming? Um, can we help out with um, any of your PPE uh, missions or anything like that? Um, right now, until my plane gets back up, probably, oh. in, a, probably in a few days, uh, we're just, uh, I'm just redoing the, um, the numbers and the, the paint scheme to a, 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 an anime when I was growing up. It's okay. a, that design. But, okay. Um, uh, yeah, actually, Chino has actually been doing everything that they needed to and helping me out so far. Um, I've had everybody from, oh, oh, the biggest thing is like when I've been on deployments, um, it's, you know, I, I, I can't tell you how, like, it's very, um, it's very inspiring when, you know, I was, I was deployed in, uh, um, we're in the desert, you know, roasting in the desert. This is in the United States, but we're dealing with, um, um, I, I can't tell, I can't really discuss that. Sure. Part. Yeah. Understood. But, but yeah. So, um, but I was with my crew and, you know, I was the senior, um, uh, and, uh, you know, I had guys to take care of all that stuff. And, you know, we're in the middle of nowhere away from home and it's after the, the first month and, uh, I don't know. Uh, some people in the Tino Hills group uh, contacted some people, and a couple times, um, one of them in a nearby town. They just happened to have a nearby town came over and made us a home cooked uh, meal, and uh, and it was uh, we didn't get on duty until I think eleven. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they fed everybody, and then uh, another one, um, uh, another time, another lady. Her and her husband baked um, a really good dinner for myself and my friends, and they mailed it. They froze it. Oh, wow. They actually froze it in a pouch. Yeah. And they knew that it will uh, it'll take uh, several days to thaw, just enough to reach our uh, duty station. And it reached our duty station. And, uh, yeah, and it was really good to just have a home-cooked meal for 
especially i mean for me yeah uh but for some of the um the younger guys the newer guys who um you know this is their first deployment away from home yeah it was you know it, it gave us uh uh you know it gave us a, a that uh that inspiration that motivation of why we're here got it got mm-hmm. it very cool very cool well i appreciate you taking some time out from uh from fixing up the plane and and yeah. all that good stuff um we will look forward to more adventures if we can help out yeah. in the community let us know i'm sure you will and i'm sure we would be glad to help help you out with any of these cool missions you've had um yeah, yeah. If if anybody would like to reach you, have questions about about you know flights and stuff like that, um, where would be the best place to do so? I assume Facebook or are you? Yeah, they can just message me. Okay, uh, pretty good with it. Most people do. Um, yeah, there, there was like uh, I, I think there was a lady recently. Her she, her dad was um, you know uh, in hospice, and so we got him out and we got him flying around. He was an old aviator and. Um, I changed course and took him to hang out with my other friends that are of the aviators. So he got to hang out with uh, pilots again. And he, he, I, that was a really good, um, I think that made his, his, his day. Yeah. His good. Being around about the pilots and yeah. Talk shop a little bit. Yeah. Very Yeah. Neat. Yeah. Very neat. much. Good deal. Well, thanks again for, for um, taking your time out and joining us. I'm, I'm sure a lot You're of welcome. people have like myself have kind of, wondered and wanted to dive deeper into kind of uh all the things you do so i appreciate you uh being yeah. open to, to 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 doing those things and uh appreciate you coming on uh to the, to the viewers and listeners thanks for listening in to another episode of chino in the hills until next time have a great day bye thank you okay we jumped off real quick and then jerry came back and said oh i forgot this other great story and i wanted you guys to hear it so jerry i'll let you take it away okay so i flew to this um small town uh south of the border and the fuel the aviation fuel there was contaminated so uh and my plane uh fortunately can run on any gas right so and i had these collapsible these gas tanks in my plane just in case of emergencies so I was walking the town, it was hot and everything. And I found this guy with a burro, <laughs> a donkey. So I, I asked Common him theme here <laughs> is you and donkey. With donkey, yeah. Okay, sorry, go ahead. So, uh, <laughs> so I paid him, I gave him 20 bucks and um, we went to the gas station. We filled up my, my, my uh, gas tanks and he helped me take it back to the airport. And um, everybody was like, uh, can, can we let this donkey on? And we, <laughs> they let us on, they let the burro on. And then uh, we refilled my plane and yeah. <laughs> the versatility so, of, of your plane uh, saved you down south of the border this yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Well, I just wanted everybody else to hear that. I thought that was a pretty funny story and the donkey yeah. runs, runs through with Jerry and, and his adventures. Yeah. All right. Hi, Thomas here. Thanks so much for listening in. And if you like what you heard, please be sure to subscribe to the channel. Also, If you have a suggestion for another person we should interview, or you would like to be interviewed, please be sure to send us a DM on our Instagram, at Chino and the Hills. Thanks. Bye.